Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part three, and that's part three of three on CT of the stomach. And I left off last time talking about just tumors, and I was making the point they can be very large, they can be invasive, and at times it's hard to tell they actually originate from the stomach. They look like large masses that are near the stomach. So here's just a very large mass, which involves the spleen directly. It's just tumors when they're small, and we've talked about this with small bowel, can be uh, very, very vascular. When they're large, they tend to be relatively less vascular, but not always. They can bleed. You can see an active site of bleeding in this large lesion here. And so patients can present with GI bleeding, and we know this is true from small bowel gists as well as gastric gist tumors. Look how large this one is. You see the act of bleeding, exophytic in nature. Just really nice examples of them as. And again, you could think in this image, maybe it's the spleen pushing against the stomach, but this is a primary gastric gist tumor with a large exophytic component. I mentioned the larger ones aren't that hypervascular typically, but of course there are always uh, examples where it's not true. Here's one coming off the antrum of the stomach, pushing down into the mesentery. And quite frankly, this looks almost like it's a small bowel tumor. Look at the vascularity when I show you the MIP imaging. That's indeed very impressive. So just tumors can be very, very vascular. They can bleed. And you can imagine the difficulty in resecting these. Now, classically, resection is the conventional therapy. But obviously, tumors so large are hard to resect. And now, Gleevec has come along, which works really well in patients with GIST tumors. Often, you get really good response. And then what you're able to do is then operate. The tumors often become necrotic. They become smaller. And then these tyrosine kinase inhibitors, the Gleevec is the one that's typically used, um, will then lead to the patient's surgery. And again, surgery can be good. Some patients do well with surgery. Obviously, the challenge with just tumors is they can recur. They can metastasize to liver. They can metastasize to omentum. And they can be local recurrence. But we are doing much better. And we are making those tumors really a cure or long-term survival. Well, what other tumors can we talk about? Well, under benign tumors, gastric lyomyomas. Again, it was hard to separate just from lyomyomas. Lyomyomas commonly will calcify and will have dense calcification, as in this case. But it's hard to separate this minus the calcification from a GIST tumor. GIST tumors typically don't calcify to this extent, though occasionally they can have foci of calcification. We also can see masses that are vascular. At first glance, you say this is a pancreatic mass, but that's actually a large vascular node in the gastropatic chain. But there's a mass in the stomach, which is vascular, which you can see right there. And that's a gastric carcinoid tumor. Gastric carcinoid tumors are one of the lesions that can be within the stomach that's vascular. Think about glomus tumors as another one, ectopic pancreas as another one. We talk about different variants. Uh, these have malignant potentials in many cases, often giving metastases that are vascular. And here's just an example with uh, a gastric a carcinoid tumor with liver metastasis, and you can see the liver mets, and now you see the mass a bit over a centimeter in the antrum of the stomach. Here it is in the coronal view. So these gastric carcinoid tumors can be small, but classically they're vascular. They can be solitary, or they can be multiple, in this case was solitary. 
And here's an example with multiple gastric carcinoid tumors. It looks like at first simply thickened folds, but the closer you look, you can see the enhancement, particularly on the MIP imaging, multiple nodules, and here it is with cinematic rendering. Look at all of those masses within the stomach, whether it's from a view from below or sagittal views. Thickened gastric folds and multiple gastric tumors. This was multifocal gastric carcinoid tumor. Just an absolutely beautiful example. Now, I've spoken to you about the different primary tumors of the stomach. We can see metastasis. Breast cancer is classic with linitis plastica, but you can see other tumors, including melanoma. So when you see this example with metastatic breast cancer, linitis plastica, it's that infiltration that becomes most critical. And it can look just like a primary adenocarcinoma of the stomach, but there it is. And in this case, what almost looks like a gist tumor, quite frankly, and that's what I thought it was, ends up being metastatic melanoma, large ulcerating necrotic tumor. Now, I showed you a lyomyoma before, but let me just make a few comments about neurogenic or beyond neurogenic tumors. There are a number of different tumor types that can be benign. Neurogenic, smooth muscle tumors, lipomas, gastric polyps. Here's an example of gastric polyps, and with good CT technique, small polyps are not uncommon. Here's a case of a polypoid mass that's vascular, looks like a mushroom. Again, could this be malignancy? There's no way you could say it can't be. This was resected, this was an inflammatory polyp, a beautiful example. Some benign tumors we recognize, lipomas, small bowel, large bowel, stomach, easy to recognize typically. They can ulcerate, they can intersuscept. That's true with lipomas anywhere in the GI tract. Attenuation, usually around minus 100 Hounsfield units. If they get larger, they can ulcerate. They can also intersuscept. Here's a nice example of gastric and small bowel lipomas, same patient. Nicely shown on these other images from a sagittal perspective as well. Now, I should mention there are several things that can cause things that look like tumors but aren't tumors. And so gastritis can look bad. This is a patient with gastritis due to NSAID use. Look at the patient's uh, mid-body to antrum, the soft tissue thickening on multiple views. You can swear that's going to be a tumor. It was inflammatory. This patient has infiltration of the antrum of the stomach. You know this has to be linitis plastica, inflammation, gastritis. This patient has diffuse gastric thickening in the body and antrum, wall thickening, lobulations, hypodense, got to be thinking tumor, gastritis. So again, one thing that will at times be a challenge is you can see the overlap between inflammatory disease and malignancy. It's tough to make the call. I also, in my talk on pitfalls, have mentioned things like gastric varices that if you scan a patient in arterial phase imaging or non-contrast, you see what looks like masses in the fundus of the stomach. But once you have venous phase imaging, it's very obvious those are varices. So gastric varices can simulate the presence of a gastric mass. If a patient has cirrhosis, you better make certain you have venous phase imaging. And just a very nice example there. And here it is in 3D. So again, you would hate to have the patient endoscope the biopsied for simply gastritis or varices rather than for tumors. So again, it's something that you need to be aware of. 
Now also in cirrhotic patients, we can see GI bleeding. Here's a case of high density fluid within the stomach, that's blood. And in fact, you can see the site of where the bleeding is. So there are multiple etiologies for upper GI bleeding from ulcers, which are the most common, to things like Mallory Weiss or neoplasm. CT is not the classic. Remember we spoke about how to fact endoscopy is the classic imaging study, but CT is becoming more important. Obviously in lower GI bleeding, CT is number one. Now upper GI bleeding, CT is becoming more and more valuable. I mentioned before gastritis can cause thickened stomach and so can simulate tumor. Here's chemical gastritis as an example. So it's just something you need to be aware of. So you don't want to make that mistake. So that becomes very, very important to be able to recognize. Now, final thing, let me just mention, if a patient has had surgery, a CT is very good for following up possible recurrent gastric cancer. He has an antral resection with a uh, GJ anastomosis, nice anastomosis, no problem seen. Uh, here's an example of a patient with recurrent gastric cancer where you see the extensive infiltration into the spleen, very impressive tumor recurrence, very nicely shown. So CT is very good for looking for recurrence or in excluding recurrence, so a very important application. Now there is some question, what else, what about PET CT? Uh, PET in gastric cancer has some issues. Its success depends on the histologic differences in gastric cancer, the physiologic properties of the stomach, and the spatial resolution of PET. And you can see here for three centimeter masses, 76%, but under 3 cm, under 20%. So it's not really a prime time player at this date. Here's a nice example of bulky tumor, and the PET indeed is positive. So we will see where PET brings us in the future, but People are looking at it more commonly for tumors, obviously, and so things that involve the stomach, gastric cancers would be one. So hopefully now I've showed you a lot of different things, and we've covered a lot of different areas. Uh, I focused on the protocols, how important they are. I focused on classic appearance of various lesions, some of the challenges and separation from benign to malignant and among the various malignancies. We've spoken about some of the pitfalls. We've spoken about some of the pearls. We've spoken about the educational effort involved. We spoke about differential diagnosis, what you need to look for, what differentials there are, what are the possibilities, some of the challenges with things like just tumors and the like. And hopefully uh, you'll find this helpful and hopefully we'll see you next time. Have a great day.